night panel featured myself grumpy graham and lou eisen noted historian and author soon to be published author thank you you're welcome so we were just talking before going live to air that uh the ratings if you will for the shakur stevenson fight last night were not great uh and uh, the navaretti fight before him ended in a draw so uh, boxing fans out in las vegas were not very happy with that outcome at all uh but nonetheless uh we wanted to talk about the uh <laughs> the the old age pensioners fight that took place last weekend uh that's incredible that, that was allowed downing down in uh, kingston jamaica yeah, I mean, well, maybe that maybe that explains it. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, maybe there was like that because they were high. But <laughs> I mean, I think even even being in Kingston and smoking and getting high there wouldn't have made that fight any more palatable. I think it was just I watched a bit of the replay, but these were two. Right. One, you know, Tony's fifty-five; his brains are already scrambled. Yep. Uh, Razor Ruddock. Um, is 60 and this is going to keep happening until someone dies until someone has a heart attack or someone gets punched hard enough to be killed but in this fight there were a couple of good punches but it, it shouldn't have happened and to license it it can't be licensed in the states but it just shows you the criminality uh inherent in boxing that they license anyone and the fact is, I mean, if they had to pass a physical, they probably couldn't. Maybe in Jamaica they could, but not to North American standards. And also, you know, you just mentioned Shakur Stevenson and Navarrete, who should be fighting each other. And Oscar De La Hoya addressed this. You know, we got to start making fights that fans want. Otherwise, the sport will die. Yes. I mean, this attitude of promoters, like, we don't care what you want. We're going we're gonna to have... Tyson Fury fight Derek Chisora five more times in a row. People don't want that. Let the fans have what they want. Yeah, and uh, the interesting thing is, as we talked about last week, that we, we need to expand the boundaries, if you will. We can't all be these uh, all British uh, fights that the fans scream for in England, but nobody else cares around the right. world. Right. Um, it, it, you know, in... 20s, 30s, and 40s, to, like in the 30s, the two best fighters in the early 30s were welterweight champ Jimmy McLaren and junior welterweight and lightweight champion Barney Ross. People wanted them to fight, so they fought. But if it was today, it you know it would take years to get it done, and there'd be jockeying back and forth. And you know, they, how about the money split? Well, McLaren said, "You're a champion. I'm a champion." Let's split it even and fight. And that wouldn't happen today. You know, that's why Tyson Fury hasn't fought Usyk already. Usyk said, I'll agree to a, a 60 40 split. And then, and then Fury said, I want 75 25. Okay. Right. Now I want 90 10. At which point Usyk said, Come on. You know, you're not going to get 100% of the money. I have three of the belts. You have one. And I think. Fury's just delaying this. I, although they're supposed to fight February 17th, I don't think that will come off. I'll believe it when I see it. And I think Navarrete getting a draw last night showed that maybe it's too much. You know, too much. Too many fights, hard fights in too short a time. And it's starting to wear on them. Speaking of wear, just to, just to go back to that uh, pensioners fight down in Kingston, uh, they actually had to... They were starting off uh, with three-minute rounds, but they, I think it was like after the second round, they uh, cut it down to two two-minute rounds. So I thought it was uh, pretty funny. I've ne I've never heard of that. Never, let alone seen it, but never never heard of that. No, I've never heard of that in a licensed fight. And and you know, I guess there was a real fear, like someone could have a heart attack. And <laughs> yes. you know, I mean, if there is, it's not precedents. There's precedent for this, precedents for, uh, for old guys fighting each other, Roy Jones, Dyson, and that. But th there have been fights, as you know, Graham, where the guy's well-trained, but he's so anxious and nervous and so and so hyped up that he fights 15 rounds in the first two. And that happened with Hagler Hearns. Hearns was in great shape, but he said, Hagler never gave me a chance to do what I want, so I had no choice. 
I had to stand there and slug and I didn't want to do that. And by the end of the second round, I was exhausted, you know, but these guys weren't hitting each other and they were exhausted. Just the effort of missing tired them up. <laughs> anyway, it, it was funny. I mean, it, obviously I didn't catch it live. I saw like you, the, the replays and uh, it was, it was funny to watch. It, it actually was. Yeah. There were more solid punches landed at the Canadian Football League Hall of Fame thing 10 years ago when Joe Cap and Angelo Mosca went at it with their respective games. That's right. And those guys, remember that? And they were in their 70s and they were whacking each other. Yeah, yeah, with their canes. Yeah, yeah that. and that, that was a real fight. You could charge for that. But to the, the charge money for that, I mean, that's a joke. Yeah. You know? So we have some fights uh, upcoming. Let's have a quick look here. Over in uh, the UK, we've got Azim versus Pettigeen. Mm-hmm. I, I believe that's Adam Azim. Um, I could uh, be wrong. I wonder when Michael Conlon's coming back. Or even if he is coming back. Fight news. Because he suffered two bad knockout losses in his last three fights. Michael. Let's have a look. Michael Conlon. Irish boxer. Mm-hmm. We knew that. Featherweight. Mm-hmm. Uh, does he have anything coming up? I always thought he'd be a great Wow. wow. Can't believe he's 31 already. Um, the Olympics. That goes quick. No, he doesn't have anything upcoming at all. Wow. You know, a guy like him reminds me a bit of the way he fights. Uh, you know, reading about battling Nelson and fighters like terrible Terry McGovern, featherweight and bantamweight champ, and Ad Wolgast, lightweight champ. They, Wolgast and McGovern had severe pugilistic dementia by the time they were 25. Wow. So many fights in such a short period of time, face first, walk-in sluggers, take five, six, seven shots to land one, and then uh, didn't know who they were, where they were, and it was sad. You know, just had their brains bashed in that weren't weren't taught any better, and and also didn't have an amateur pedigree because people were starving back then, so they had to support their family. They had to fight. It was the one thing they could do well. Yep. And interestingly enough, I, I got to say here, um, just, just having a quick cruise through BoxRack, having a look at uh, fighting around the world, just there are um, Australia, Germany, uh, Belize. These, these are fight nights, like, I, like an entire card. Mm-hmm. Ecuador, uh, France uh several germany again another fight there's a card coming up with united promotions here soon with uh, brandon cook ghana wow uh brandon's always a good fighter and well worth watching india wow it just goes on yeah. uh, italy mexico mm-hmm. so uh, quite a lot of fights going on this weekend despite uh, uh the headlines a lot of it a lot of it um depends on the jurisdiction where it's easier to get fights licensed right you know it's easier in montreal than toronto because they're their their licensing is done by the alcohol board and gaming board there's no there's no quebec athletic commission so there's people that get to fight that come up from mexico as we said of Jeanette sicarius who have no experience but they get licensed but in toronto you know or Ontario, you could bring in an MRI and the Ontario Athletic Commission said it's a month old. Right. I haven't fought since then. Well, we need an updated one. So that's ridiculous. And, but that happens and that prevents a lot of fights. Yeah. There would be more in Ontario if we had a better athletic commission run by honest people who knew what they were doing. But they figure we'll take it out of the hands of boxing people 
and put it in the hands of government. And every time in the States when they say we should have the federal government running boxing, and there's always someone who says, they can't run the country. How do you think they're going to run the sport of boxing? <laughs> it's, it's you know, they can't get medical care for people. They can't feed people or house people or help homeless people or people that are mentally ill and need a special education. You think they really care or could do better with people punching themselves? It's not going <laughs> to happen. They, the fight you were mentioning before uh, down the road from us actually is uh, December 2nd at the Pickering Casino right. put on by United Boxing. Right. That was a good show. Yeah. So, so we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Brandon always fights his heart out too. He's what you call a, 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 a really good professional fighter. He comes to fight, gives you a great show, and he's very skilled and tough as nails. And, and like all fighters of Brandon, speak to him outside of the ring. He's the sweetest, shyest, uh, most polite person. But once he gets in the ring, his face changes, and he's there to go to war. Oh, it seems like there's a good good battle going on in Manchester tomorrow night. Uh, Nick, Nick Ball, Isaac Dogbo, Denzel Bentley versus Nathan Heaney, Liam Davies versus Vincenzo Lafima. Those are good names. I, I worry about Isaac Dog Dogbay because he's he's passed his best before date. Yeah, yeah. You know, and just his father had him fighting the, the wrong style, and and he had his time. But you know, it was in boxing, your time could be one or two fights. Yeah, uh, someone who's been on Talking Fight several times actually, Hannah Rankin. Uh, she's up against Emma Cozen. Nathaniel Collins uh, going up against Zach Miller and Iko Usman going up against Harry Scarf. Right. So, yeah. So some, some, some good fights over in Manchester tomorrow night. I've been reading all week a book sent to me and I'm going to interview when I finish it by Joe Body, who wrote a book on Joe Jeanette, part of the original Black Murders Row, great heavyweight on the Gotti brothers called Thunder and Lightning on Joe and Arturo Gotti. And I was reading the chapter about how Arturo lost um, to Angel Manfredi, although he had him out in the last round. And Manfredi was pushing his head down, so when he threw a punch, he hit him low and lost a point. And then he lost two in a row to Ivan Robinson, and he said to the promoter, main events, I don't like, I'm not a guy who ch likes to chase guys. I need someone who's going to stand in front of me and fight. You know, you got to improve the matchmaking. And, and he was right, but took too much punishment in, in too short a time. And Arturo was a gifted technical boxer. He just very rarely used it. And I, I didn't know when reading about him that he was an alcoholic during his career and taking copious amounts of different drugs. Huh. So his friends thought the fact that he could even get in the ring and, and fight with these people was just incredible. Hey, Mike, how you feeling? Good. Better. Better. I was uh, dying of COVID or something the, uh, for the last couple of weeks. One of my close friends just in, in Victoria has it for the third time. And oh, said, well, yeah, I guess this is, this must have been my first, uh, but uh, yeah, no, it wasn't good. I uh, couldn't breathe, couldn't, couldn't talk without coughing. It was, it was pretty bad. I laid up in bed. Oh, well, now, now I'm better. So it's, so it's all good now. Did, uh, did, did we watch, did we watch the uh, Stevenson fight last night, everybody? I didn't. I didn't know it was on. Yeah, no, it was a late. Stevenson, what a lackluster performance! Well, there you go. Often, he got booed. He, they got, they got booed. Wow, it was garbage. Honestly, he apologized. He apologized at the end of the fight and said that you know, he's sorry that he wasn't on point. It was very, very boring. Very, very boring. Navarrete. Fought to a draw. Yeah. Yeah. Yo. Ooh, ooh. I can't believe that though. I can't believe that. How do you how do you fight to a draw after you drop a man twice? Is right. it in Vegas? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. that happens. Um it, it it shouldn't. That that should be enough technically in a 12 round fight to give you a yeah. points advantage. I mean, he, he doesn't mean he wins every round. It just means he won those two rounds by a big margin. So now, now it's a 10-round fight, 
And out of all he's got to do now is win five rounds out of the next 10 and he wins. And surely he did that. But, you know, this is, this is the kind of thing where people watch the fight and they go, forget it. Not worth it. Not coming back. You know, they got to stop doing that to yeah. people. Now already he's good for boxing. Hmm. I, I just never he's understood. Great. He's great. And, and like when they screwed recently. Yeah, I know, and I thought, why are you doing this? Well, you know what? Here? I can't believe Max Max DeLuca and Chris Flores both scored this thing even. So I, I don't know what fight these guys were watching. Uh, you know, I, I didn't believe it. But you know what? Let's let's see. Let's see a rematch. That's what I'm saying. Um, Max DeLuca, just... as I said before to you, couldn't score a fart at a beat-eating contest. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Max DeLuca is older than baseball. I mean, so you're, saying, you're saying that he might not have been watching that fight. He might have been he, watching something watching, in his head. But I think he's technically blind. This is a <laughs> who has a record of scoring terrible scoring fights, and there's no review. Yeah. You know, it, it's it, it's similar to. You know, you're hitting a home run in baseball, and the umpire is saying, no, it's not a home run. Why? I don't have to tell you why. Well, obviously, Major League Baseball would say, well, you can't do that. You, you they, they would look into it. But boxing's it's all right. He knocked on a couple of times. doesn't matter. We, we, we can't do anything about it. But you can do something about it. You can look at his card and say he made a mistake. He's old. He's done this before. You know? Yeah. His, yeah. His scorecard wouldn't compare favorably to a scorecard from Ray Charles. You know what I'm saying? So it's ridiculous that a guy like that. Why, why can't boxing say, listen, you're in your late 80s. You, you, you scored fights before. You've made bad. You've made mistakes. You're done. This isn't communism. You don't get a guaranteed job. <laughs> Bring in somebody younger who knows what they're doing or have a panel. I think every fight, especially every major title fight, needs to be reviewed. Yeah, it should. You know, and they have to be able to say, sorry, you screwed up. Fans paid money for that. Now fans will be hesitant to pay money the next time because there's no guarantee. That's true. You know, Very it's, true. It's not like if it's a close fight and you go, well, I think he edged it in this round or that round. But, if you know, when there's knockdowns, knockdowns and knockouts are definitive. They can't be argued. You know, so... Very true. I, I, you know, this the thing that kills me is online recently someone said, uh, just because Lennox Lewis knocked out Mike Tyson doesn't mean he's a better fighter. And I said, really? <laughs> How do you, what's the metric you use then? Just because my team got eight goals and yours got one doesn't mean you won. Well, that's the way boxing works. And so on the same post, people said, well, Tyson had a better chin. And I said, Tyson was dropped five times, Lewis twice. So how can you say he's got a better chin? Yeah, but this was late in his career. Right. It's late in his career. He wasn't the champ. You know, he switched to chocolate milk from soy milk. In other words, if it's an American fan and an American fighter, losses don't count, and neither do knockdowns. But when it's a Canadian fighter, then they count. You can't have it both ways. You know, it's got to be one way or the other. It's got to be one rule for everyone or the rules don't count. You know, and knockdown, two-point right. round, that, you know, that would – be 10-8, 10-8, you know, 20-16. Let's say it's the first two rounds. That's a four-point lead. That's really hard to overcome. You know, his opponent would have need to score, would have needed to score at least one knockdown, even pull even, let alone to get a draw. I mean, remember the only other fight that happened was Pacquiao and and um Marquez. When when one man while Marquez went. Pacquiao dropped him three times in the first round, and Marquez got up and fought his butt off for the next 11, and it was a draw. Hmm. But even then, I thought, you know, Pacquiao beat him. But, you know, Pacquiao beat him. Right. The ineptitude and the criminality of the sport has got to be eliminated. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, some great fights, though, were put up last night. Um, Floyd Diaz came through with a split decision over Max Ornelas. Uh, for that WBC Youth World Bantam title. Uh, our boy Troy Isley, coached by Ron Sims, uh, he took the unanimous decision over Vladimir Hernandez. 
um, Giovanni Sanchoto. He's, uh, you know, TKO over Lucas de Abreu. Uh, Abreu was down twice in round three for that one. Uh, Abdullah Mason, victory over uh, Jose Cardenas. Uh, that was a TKO. That one was in the second round out of the scheduled six. So Abdullah Mason stays undefeated. Our man Emilio Vargas, KO over Brian uh, Mendoza. Wow, what a swarming event that was. Uh, Vargas was just on this guy from, from, from the beginning. Was uh, that but- Fernando Vargas's son? Yes, yes. They have that dynasty. They have the dynasty team over there now with all these kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. Emiliano is 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 looking really, really good. Uh, he's really coming into his own. He's really swarming the crap out of these kids, man. That uh, that keep putting him in the ring against. And last night was no joke. Uh, you know, he showed why he's why he's got that name, man. That Vargas name. He really showed uh, showed true to it. He came through. He swarmed them and just just destroyed this kid, man. Following him all over the ring. The ref had to step in and call that one off. Uh, you know, he just wasn't able to defend. But uh, big fights last night. It was excellent. Uh, Brian Norman Jr., our friend, uh, came through with a unanimous decision victory last night as well. Uh, he's looking really good. Uh, he moves to, what, 24-0, 21 knockouts? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, some serious, serious stuff going on in the boxing world with these young guys. Yeah. You know what? It's interesting, Mike, is... I was just telling uh, Graham before you came on that I'm reading a book a friend wrote on the Gotti brothers, Joe and Arturo. It's called Thunder and Lightning. And the interesting thing about Arturo, when they asked him about his brawling style, he said, people, it's called a fight for a reason. <laughs> right? he said, people pay money. They appreciate a good technical boxer, someone who has skills, but you know, to, to tap me on the face and then run, that's not really a fight. That's like that's like playing Red Rover or Tag. Yeah. You know, people want to see a fight. That's why they're paying money. If they wanted to see guys run, they turn on the TV and watch the Olympics or go to a schoolyard. And yeah. people want to get value for what they're paying. So guys that go in and hit you quickly with two or three jabs and then run, it's not a fight. Right. You know, and and, and it's not criticizing Ali or who's phenomenal or, or, or Shakur Stevenson, but really, you want to see some fisticuffs. The only fighter I truly disliked was was GM Frank. <coughs> he was a junior middle, and he was tap 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 and run, and eventually just ran out of opponents because guys said I, I you know, he had a title, but he said I'm not. They're not even interested in fighting him. What's what's the point? You're not going to fight me. You're just going to tap me and run. And I, it's ridiculous. You got to give the fans what they want. Yeah, and you know what? Tomorrow they're getting some great, great boxing action going on. Uh, I don't know if you guys touched on it yet, but um, you know we got uh, seven title fights in one night. Wow. This this one's going to be great. November 18th, guys. Uh, this one, Queensberry Promotions, TNT Sports. Uh, yeah, can't wait to see this one. No foot, no club football that day. So all the diehard fans from places like London, Liverpool, and a few other cities can let loose, have a blast, and support their hometown uh, fighters in Manchester. So this one's great. Nathan Haney, uh, Stokes Pride and Joy, with an impressive 17 and 0 record, is taking on Denzel Bentley for the British middleweight title. Uh, that's uh, you know Nick Ball, WBC silver champ, is taking on Isaac Dogbo. Uh, we got the ladies. Uh, we got uh, the WBC Super Welter Championship title is up for grabs. Hannah Rankin from Glasgow fighting Emma Kozen from Slovenia. Uh, then we got the uh, Anthony Anthony Cascade taking on Brian Gardner. This clash of wits and fists, experience meets young blood, is anyone's game. Uh, Liam Davies, a champ uh, with a shine from his recent victory, is gearing up to defend his title against uh, Vincenio Lafima. Uh, they say age before beauty, but in the ring, well, that's a different story. We all know that. Uh, the next spectacular features uh, Ikau Usman and Harry Scarf. Uh, it's a Nottingham versus Derby welterweight showdown. Uh, word on the street, Cody Crawley doesn't ink the paper tonight. Usman is going to be dancing with Scarf instead. So, yeah, that's what happened, guys. Drama outside the ring. Well, uh, so Crawley's a welterweight. And who's he supposed to fight, Usman? Yeah, he's supposed to fight Usman. What's Usman's first name? 
Ikao. And he, what belt does he hold? Uh, right now, I will bring it up. Uh, he's held the British and Commonwealth welterweight title since 2021. Okay. And he's the, he's the former English welterweight champion. Right. That's it'd be nice for him to have the Commonwealth title, but it's not really important now that he's based in Las Vegas. It'd be a good stay right. busy fight. So yeah, Harry Scarf and him are gonna they're gonna go uh they're gonna go underway here for the uh British Welter, Commonwealth Welter, and the IBF European Welter. You know who the last Canadian was to hold the British and Commonwealth Welterweight Championship? Um no, but I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> Donovan Boucher, the Road Warrior. Yes, not good friend. Good, good friend of mine, actually. Great guy. Knocked out Kirkland Lang, and performed yep. with Clyde Gray. I have to tell you a quick funny story about him. I'm talking to Donovan at a boxing fight, and then I get a text from it. It, it was a scam text. Hi, this is Donovan Boucher, and and how you doing? I said, Oh, I'm doing. You know, uh, how you doing? And we talk for a bit. And then I gave the form to Donovan and said, it's interesting you're claiming to be me because I'm right here with my friend Lou. So if you're actually here at the Mississauga Center, why don't you come over and say hi? I'd really like to meet you. And the guy just disappears and blocks me. So, yeah. Yeah, Donovan Donovan was the first guest uh, that I had on my show. No, I'm not Great guy. Great fighter. First guy I interviewed. Got, got the nickname The Road Warrior because uh, – you know, he uh, he went on the road and, and just demolished you in your hometown. That's right. And I remember watching him on ESPN, and I said, who is this Canadian guy? And they did the same thing with Billy the Kid Irwin. And then a couple seconds later, um, uh, Donovan lands a tremendous right uppercut, and the guy falls face first, out cold, in New York. Yeah. And the referee didn't count. <laughs> and, and, and the announcers are, you know what? Maybe he's better than we've been giving him credit for. Yeah, most yeah, Canadians are, but they don't. Yeah. We don't need you to give us credit. Exactly, exactly. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for this, uh, this, this one getting underway, though. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, Manchester Arena, United Kingdom, BT Sports got this one. Nick Ball taking on Isaac Dogbo, uh, WBC Silver Feather. Can't wait to see it. Liam Davies taking on, you know for the title of the EBU European Super Bantam. You know, we got Denzel Bentley fighting for that British middle. We got Nathaniel Collins fighting for the British feather. And then we have Hannah Rankin fighting for the WBC Super Welter. And then we have uh, Solomon DeCares, uh fighting for the British uh, English heavy. So, Mike, yeah. would you agree that Isaac Dog Bay or Bo or whatever it is, is a shot fighter? Yes. Okay. Because Graham and I were just saying that before that. You know, I would I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. Um he's got he's got he's got the ability, but um, you know he's taken too he's, many beatings recently. Yeah, yeah. You know, like that's you know, he's twenty four and three right now. Uh, you know, fifteen knockouts. He's been knocked out once, uh pretty bad himself. Uh, you know, honestly, his last loss against uh Robisi Ramirez, you know, they went to the, they went the distance to twelve rounds there. Uh he was down in round twelve for that one. Uh, you know, before that, you know, Emmanuel Neverette. Yeah. He lost, he lost to him back to back. The first time he lost uh, was 2018 in December the 8th. Uh, that one went uh, unanimous. And then uh, he fights him again uh, in 2019, a uh, little more than a year later, May 11th. And then, uh, you know, Dogbo was down in rounds six and 12. Referee stopped the boat after the corner threw in the towel. So yeah, that was his that father's beat. fault. Father's fault. <clears throat> yeah. Um, but, you know, out of his three losses, you know, to lose to Neverette twice, man, that means, you know, you've been there. You've been there fighting for that world stage, and you haven't been able to get past it. Uh, he's just one of those guys. Um, you know, he did fight uh, Joe Gonzalez to take on, uh, you know, to win that uh, WBO International Feather. Uh, he fought Christopher Diaz for the North American Boxing Federation Feather, um, you know, and then lost to Robisi Ramirez for that WBO World Feather. And he, so, he held the world title at one point. Yes. Yes, you know, he so did. more than I'll ever do. And and you look at guys like that. I mean, they're trying to recapture the lost glory. You can't blame them. Who who wouldn't? Because they went to the mountaintop. But it's in his in so many cases like him with him, 
It's just, it's a law of diminishing returns. Plus, he's fighting bigger guys. He doesn't have the reach. He's got to get inside and walk through hellfire, not just, he can't do it. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be a great event. This one, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, guys, gets underway. It's going to be great. Uh, big night of fights. Then we move into, um, we move into uh, Pacheco versus uh, Conceras. This one uh, gets away, 9 p.m. Uh, Diego Pacheco is all set to dazzle the boxing scene as he squares off against Marcelo Cucoras uh, uh, for the WBO International and USWBC Super Middleweight titles. Uh, this one is scheduled tomorrow night uh, at the YouTube Theater in Los Angeles. Yeah. Pacheco, you know, he's that fiery boxing sensation, undefeated record, 19-0, 16 KOs, you know, continues to soar high in his great boxing journey, you know, his recent outing in July was nothing short of spectacular where he showcased his talent uh, against the formidable uh, Manuel Galgos in uh, Monterrey, Mexico. A ruthless body shot sent his opponent to the ground uh, in the fourth round, making uh, Pacheco the first ever to stop the Mexican powerhouse and Manuel. So, you know, this kid, I've been watching this kid for a while now and his rise, uh, you know, He's just he's just further cementing himself as that dominated, dominating person in the division. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on uh, Pacheco's journey he's so far? Becoming must-watch TV. It's yeah, a great I'm just going to say you said a ruthless body punch. It's funny that they call it ruthless because it's as if he's going to give the guy a warning in a couple seconds. <laughs> burn the liver so hard, you can involuntarily piss your pants, but. But um, yeah, I mean, he, he's a great fighter. He's got all the skills, and and it's great. It's great to see a guy like that. He reminds me of that guy from Puerto Rico who was on TV recently. He's got the short hair and the rose on the side. I think he's a lightweight or welterweight. Um, I'm, I'm a great looking young kid, 19, 20, and he signed with top rank, and just a wonderful fighter and takes his time and just throw like Pacheco just throws quick punches, puts it together in combination, does everything you're supposed to do, right? If you look at Pacheco, you'd yeah. say you'd say to another boxer, this is what you're supposed to be doing. This is how it looks when it's done well. That's how good he is. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely some good uh, some good action. Yeah. So guys make sure you tune in for all of this. You don't want to miss it. Uh, this is going to be great. I'm super excited for it. I was really excited for last night's fights. Uh, man, I, I stayed up and watched that. I was a little tired when I got up this morning just because of watching that. But uh, definitely, definitely some good fights going on this weekend. Well, you know, I, I keep reading online about um, – I know you take everything online for grain of salt, but about um, Deontay Wilder hasn't fought in a while and Anthony Joshua. And then I, I happened onto an article about Deontay Wilder's younger brother who had no amateur experiences, something like four and six or, four, or three and five as a professional. And he's right. been knocked out, I think, three times by guys that were like one in 10 and one in 16. So it's, it's unbelievable that they're allowing him to fight. I don't, I don't know if we'll ever see Deontay Wilder again in the ring. I mean, he suffered down when he speaks. If, if we don't, if we don't see him, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I think it's better for him to just sit at home at this point, anyway, man. Yeah. You know, every every shot this guy takes is just another brain cell getting killed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. He doesn't need the money, so why bother? Exactly. Exactly. He got into this to make money to help his daughter. You know, that's uh, you have you have a couple forty million dollar paydays. I'm pretty sure you have money. Yeah, and and so. and him and. I like Andy Ruiz, but I haven't seen him in a while. He's got power, and Joshua's not going to fight him again. So I think Joshua is desperate for an opponent. I mean, every time you hear Eddie Hearn speak, which is, you know, Graham and I just turn into <laughs> you guys. You guys just start laughing. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, just mention that guy's name. I'm laughing. You know, if Eddie Hearn starts speaking over uh, my – you know, a backyard flowers will, thanks to the fertilization, flowers will start growing. So, <laughs> he, he uh, said something about him online, and someone said, You're calling him a liar? 
And I said, I'm calling him a stranger from the truth, is what I'm calling him. And that's what he is. That's great. I like that one. That's an old Winston Churchill line. Because in House of Commons, you can't call someone a liar. So someone said, Mr. Prime Minister, are you calling me a liar? And he said, no, I'm calling you a stranger from the truth. So uh, I don't know who Joshua would fight next. Who is there? He's not going to fight Usyk. He's well, certainly not going to fight fighting on, He's fighting on the 23rd. Who is he fighting? On the big card in Saudi Arabia. He's fighting. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And Wilder's fighting, too. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. I thought he was going to fight Selma Hayek. But uh, <laughs> I thought he was going to fight him way, his way out of a paper bag. Yes, and I, I heard that Wilder was fighting Selena Gomez, but I didn't know if that was actually true or not. The so, Hayek, I should have so, quit at the Hayek joke. But, but yes, Joshua's fighting Wallen. Otto Wallen, yes, I saw that on television, yeah. And uh, Wilder's facing uh, Joseph Parker. Which is knocked out, the Canadian. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's right. Simon, Simon Keen. Simon yeah. Keen. Yeah. Well, Simon wasn't too keen that night. No. <laughs> no. No. Um, on fleet, the zone tomorrow night, 9 p.m. Erica Cruz Hernandez, uh, Mar Marilyn Rivas fighting for that WBA World Super Bantam title up for grabs. Uh, that's that's also on the uh, on the same docket here as Pachico and Kokoris uh, or Kokoris. Um, Khaled Yaffe is on this one, taking on Jonathan Rodriguez uh, for the WBA Intercontinental Bantam title. And another kid that I like to see always staying busy, Mark Castro is taking on Gonzalo uh, Fuzendila. <laughs> and we got and we got Jalen Walker. Uh, love this kid, man. 11-0, taking on uh, uh, Jorge uh, Villegas. So this is a pretty good card. Uh, guys, sure you watch these two kids, man, Castro and Walker. Uh, definitely some up-and-comers that I've been watching for a long time. Definitely, they shine every time they're in the ring. And, uh, you know, I don't see them losing here. Castro, big puncher. Walker, lots of speed. You know, we've had uh, we've talked about these kids many times. Mike, is speaking of Rivas, is there anything coming up for Oscar Rivas out of Montreal? Or is he, uh, is he permanently on hiatus? I think he's I think he's permanently on hiatus. I haven't really heard too much about him lately. Yeah, uh, nothing. There's nothing really scheduled at the moment. Uh, you know, his last fight was against Rosicky there uh, back. What was it last month on the twenty second? But uh, other than fought, that, I don't. Didn't he fight Rosicky before that last month? He fought him a while ago. Um, I believe he fought him before. That must have been a long time ago. Okay. Uh, yeah, but he took on Rosenicki uh, last month, uh, beat him by unanimous decision. Okay. Uh, Rivas has deducted a point in round 12 for a low blow during that one. But, uh, yeah, um, that was the last fight. I don't know where we're going to see him next. But definitely uh, I'd like to see him back in the ring soon. Uh, Let you me know. ask you. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let me ask you, that, that gigantic guy from Montreal, Mac Mood. Oh, he's, um, he's on he's on a December oh. 23rd fight as well. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, he's uh, yeah, Arslan Beck. And and let me let me ask you about Mahmoud from Montreal. Do you think a fight with Jared Anderson now is too soon for him, or yeah. for a guy like Daniel Dubois, or does he need more seasoning? Uh, you know what? I I'd like to see who who Anderson or the guy from Montreal, the heavyweight, the giant heavyweight. Yeah, they could put they could put him in, they could put him in with somebody like. Like Jared Anderson now, or they can put somebody. You know, he he's he's got the ability. He's he's one of these fast heavyweight guys. Like, you know, where 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 it takes some of these guys a few strides to get across the ring. This guy can make it across the ring like he's you know a middleweight, and he's got he's got the movement. And um, you know, I don't see too much, too many people that'll be able to take this guy on later on in the career, man. So it's better to get it out of the way That's now. Uh, you know, he's already he's already pretty feared. He's already pretty feared. He's definitely one of these guys that's got uh, some heavy, heavy hands. And, you know, every time I see this guy, he's just dinging people out. You know, they call him the lion for a reason. Right. You know? People have to understand the term heavy hands. And by that, you know, we mean you don't have to hit a guy flush to hurt him. The guy's so strong. No. His hands are so powerful. He can hit you a glancing blow and, and not break your jaw and knock you. Yeah. And, that's and uh, you know, he's... 
Yeah, definitely. You gotta be you gotta be scared of this guy. He's taking on uh Ajit Kamal. Uh so right. This is this should be a good one. You know, I think uh you know Cabell Cabell is gonna be uh in for a rude awakening. I know he's twenty three and all right now. Uh but definitely I think um I think our man Megamedov is gonna come through and just just eat this guy for dinner. You know, sure he's six three, this German, you know, thirty one years old, uh, you know, coming off his last fight really is is, is all German, right? Like he's, he's really hasn't fought um, too many people. But, but on, 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 so that fight, nice on that fight and someone who uh, we just mentioned, Daniel Dubois, he's fighting uh, Gerald Miller, the American. Oh, okay. How he, old is yeah. Miller now? Yeah. I don't know. The last time he was supposed to fight was really? uh, he was supposed to fight Joshua and he got stopped because he was, he had uh, more drugs than whatever, like, so he's now, but anyway, he, he was yeah. making a hell of a fuss at the uh, press conference. I don't know if you guys read the press conference or saw it. It, it was really quite funny. I mean, the, the, the guy's got a motor mouth, and uh, he he was really going off on. Daniel uh, Dubois has a motor mouth. No, uh, I'm talking about Gerald Miller. Oh, okay. No, he didn't. Yeah, he was yeah, going off. You know, Gerald going off on Joshua. He was going off on Hearn. That's what it reminded me. If he's 35, it sounds like a yeah. setup. I, I'm. 35. He's, a, he's also he's also the other big, he's he's the other big baby, you know. We yes, got, we got right. big baby Anderson. Oh, big, right, yeah, big baby. Right. Yeah, yeah. Big baby. He was the guy that was caught three or four times on drugs, and then you know complained that he said it was someone else, and one of the writers. In addition to being a liar, you have multiple personality disorder. So why should they give you a license? I mean, this guy is. Look how heavy this. Yeah, guy yeah. Is. At that point, you don't even know who's showing up. <laughs> but yeah, no, he. <laughs> That's very funny. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was the other me. Him. I'm not me. It's the other me. Hold on, hold on. Let me get him. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, this guy though. This guy's a. This guy's a monster. Like he weighs yeah. in. You know, he, he fought Lucas. He fought Lucas Brown uh, back in March, and uh, he weighed in at three hundred and thirty-three pounds. Yeah, their combined weight was more than my apartment building. So, yeah, <laughs> it's incredible. Our, yeah, my weight was six hundred pounds, man, between the two guys in the ring. That sounds like my like, old grandmother. Too, I mean, that's incredible. How can you allow that yeah, in boxing? Yeah, how so can, how can, you know, you know what? I, I don't even know. I don't even. Well, I, I was just gonna How say, could that be good for your heart? No, and there was one of my favorite SCTV sketches with John Candy. He's playing this boxer, and he's training for months and months. And his trainer, played by Joe Flaherty, looks at the scales and says, you've been training for 12 weeks. You gained 80 pounds. You're supposed to lose. And Candy <laughs> says, oh, I didn't know that. You just said 80 pounds. You never said lose 80 pounds. <laughs> You just said 80 pounds, so I gained 80 pounds. So, and, and you look at, I mean, obviously Miller's not training. He's not taking it seriously. And uh, I mean, no. he's, and he's fighting Mac Mood? He oh, is Dubois. fighting Daniel, Daniel Dubois. Yeah, Dubois should kill him. Oh, yeah. No, D Dubois, Dubois is a heavy favorite in this one for sure. Um, definitely. Uh, he's he's going to be, honestly, I don't see this going too fast. Um, you know, Guys, guys like that, they just don't have a gas tank. <laughs> Miller's not going to go too fast unless Dubois has a buffet behind him. <laughs> unless they got front row tickets to the buffet at the casino. That's right. Listen, I got a spaghetti plate waiting for me and, a, and 12 hamburgers. You really got to help me out here, Daniel. Yeah, it's not going uh, <laughs> to. Every round they're filling them with protein shakes. <laughs> Referee breaks him up. Yeah, oh. You can't bring the shake in during the round. Why not? No. You can't. But he, he. I mean, if Dubois is smart, he doesn't really even have to hit him. Just run. Just move. Make this. Oh, yeah. No, you're, you're, it'll just tire out. It'll just tire yeah. out. But, I mean, um, to walk up the steps into the ring, Miller Ross for, you know, for a break. Just wait. Just wait till we see. Uh, just wait till we see the ring walk. The ring walk will depict everything. I bet yeah. you the camera won't. Even, I bet you the camera won't even won't even pan to him because he'll be like walking out and he'll be like, 
Why do we like like last last night they were talking last night they were talking about one of the fighters coming out? Oh, he looked a little dry. That won't be the problem here, folks. That guy will be sweating from like his ball sack. Like just on the walk. I mean Miller, he's Rodney Dangerfield sack. I'm telling you. Yeah. He's all right yeah. now, but last week it was a rough shape, you know. I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you, so fat two women can make love to him at the same time and never meet. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> this guy, yeah. you couldn't pan to him because he's, I mean, he's bigger than the curvature of the earth itself. So he's, he's, and he deserves to hear comments like that because when I met Ken Norton 25 years after his career was over, he was still in fighting shape. He wasn't even a pound overweight. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and and Miller will never have the skill of a Ken Norton. So this no. is it's an insult to fight fans. At least show you care. You know, I mean, I, although I didn't think he was that skilled, the Polish fighter from New York, Adam Kalinowski or Karnowski, mm -hmm. he lost his last fight against a guy he probably should have beat. But he said, I gave it my best. I wasn't good enough. And you can respect that. Right. I, and like Willie DeWitt, I went as far as my ability could take me. I'm not an elite fighter, but this guy Miller, it's just, he's been pulling at this scam, the sham on folks on boxing public for years. How does he still get fights? Like I said, this is his first one since 2019, I think. I mean, it must fly yeah. him over in cargo hold. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they use a shipping plane. <laughs> Him and two horses. He gets he gets he gets FedExed over. <laughs> I'm telling you, he'll be a rich man if he gets paid per pound. That's for sure. So, yeah. um, so, so Joshua is taking on Wallen. We got Wilder taking on Parker, Dubois, Miller, Bivol, Arthur. You know, uh, yeah. light heavyweight. This is this is the only well. There's two non-heavyweight titles on this card. We've got Bivol taking on Arthur, and we got Opatia taking on Zorro. So we who's got the Arthur? cruiserweight and the light heavy. Who's, who's Arthur? Pardon me? Who's Arthur's first? Lyndon Arthur. Okay. Lin, yeah, Lyndon Arthur. What, 23 and 1 right now. That one's for the WBA Super World. Yeah, light heavy. Um, you know, Jai Opatia. Uh, it's going on for the uh, against Ellis Zorro for the IBF World Cruiser. Yeah. I can't wait to see Arsen back. I love watching this kid every time he's in there. Uh, Frank Sanchez is taking on uh, Junior Fox. Yeah. Nice to see him in the ring. That's going to be a good one. And then we got uh, Philip Argovich taking on Mark Demori. That should be a quick and uh, quick and easy one for him. Um, Argovich, another big guy that I like watching. Man, this this guy's a monster as well. Frank Sanchez is one of those fighters that's always good, always well prepared, and really skilled. And I don't think he gets enough credit or publicity. He's one of those guys that's always prepared, so they know they can always count on him to jump into the yeah. ring. And though we were making fun of Miller, it reminds me of Ali when he fought Buster Mathis. Now, Buster Mathis was 6'4", 330 pounds, and always had a problem with his weight. And Ali was easily beating him. And I think around the 10th or 11th round, Ali just walked away. He said to the referee, I I'm not going to kill him. So yeah. the referee said, you have to keep hitting him or I'll disqualify. He said, then go ahead. I'm not going to kill the man. It's, he can't defend himself anymore. Stop the fight. You know, this, no, that's, um, you know so. <clears throat> there's another guy that I watched. He's, he's in he's in Australia. I watched him. He's, last time I seen him was a couple of years ago. He's got one of the longest reaches in boxing. Um, Julius something. Uh, something Julius. Big black dude, and I watched this guy fight, and I mean, like, so out of shape, like 350, 360. Julius Long. That's it. Yes. I know. You know why? Because on one of my sub recent Substack articles, I wrote a thing called The Harder They Fall, or The Bigger They Are. Yeah. And yeah. he was one of the fighters I featured. He's over seven feet. He's over seven feet tall. He's got, like, a freaking 90-inch reach. Yeah. I, I think it's, like, 90, 91 or 92-inch reach. And, I mean, like, this guy fights – Leaning on the ropes, like that's how he fights, and he loses all the time. He's from all the time, all the time. He fights back on that rope. He's leaning on that rope, just using the rope to move around because he can't move around unless he's on the rope. Yes, and the, the largest, the tallest fighter I ever found was a guy um, uh, from Australia who who was named Ewart Pipe Guider, and he was eight feet two inches tall. 
Oh, wow. wow. This was in the 30s. He had two fights against guys of losing records, and he won them both. There were four-round fights, and then he died of tuberculosis not long after. But I've met I, in the article, I've seen guys that were 7'6", seven, 7'7", seven, seven, and um, there was a guy, there was a, a, a British champion named Ben Cont, C-A-U-N-T. They were for one vow. And he went to the States, and he found this guy, a uh, big guy, Ben, I can't remember the guy's name, Chase or something. Anyways, the guy he found was seven feet, four inches tall. And they brought him back wow. to England. And this guy had, had three fights and one and quit. He won them all. And they asked him why. He said, I don't fancy getting hit in the face that much. It's not really <laughs> my idea of a job. <laughs> right. I don't really want to do this. But there have been fighters that have been seven, five, seven, six, close to eight oh. feet. And it's, it, and the, the point of my article was, for some reason, and even today with Tyson Fury and Yusick, uh, or David Price, people think that tremendous height equates to talent, and it never does. No. No. There, there's no, there's no correlation, you know, yeah. you know, so that that's why a guy like David Hay easily beat Nikolai Valuev. Valuev didn't have the skill. Yeah, he was seven feet, two inches tall, but he was like Yeti. I mean, if you look at him, he had gigantism and he, he couldn't, he, did, he just didn't have the skill. And they say, well, they beat Holyfield. Yeah, he beat a 44-year-old Evander Holyfield who, who was out of shape, you know, and was jumping to hit him. So guys like that usually have short careers. It just, it never equates yeah. that yeah. weight. And Julius Long is- yeah, I, I stumbled onto I stumbled onto him uh, when he first fought Hemi Ahio back in 2019. Uh, uh, I believe uh, he had uh, by unanimous decision. And that, he was coming off, Julius Long was coming off a knockout, um, a knockout loss uh, against um, Lucas Brown. And then, you know, he went on and, and he, like, he, honestly, Julius Long is still fighting now. Like, he, he fought uh, last yeah. month against, yeah, he fought, he fought last month, uh, on, you know, in the hometown on their uh, Gold Coast Convention Center. And uh, he took on um, uh, Tosi uh, Vuisitu, and uh, he lost TKO in that one. But now, if you notice, um, his fights are only be scheduled for like, like, you know, in the last in the last few, he's only yeah. been scheduled for, you know, six rounds, five round fights, three round fights, because he can't last. Like his last loss, it was four rounder. This is a guy who's now forty six. He's forty six years old. Yeah, you know, ninety inch reach, seven yeah. one. Yeah, he got he got he got he got he got TKO in the fourth. He oh, went yeah. the distance. His last fight that he got knocked out in was when he took on Hemia Hio in a rematch. Uh, this was back in February 27, twenty twenty one, and uh, Hio was down around four, but came back and KO'd him in uh, in uh, in the friggin' seventh round. Yeah, I know that. I know that uh, long. Uh, the guy he lost to recently was actually had a winning record. Was a good fighter, so you know, yeah. give him kudos for taking him on. But these guys just usually Ed Tutel Jones, and these guys are just so devoid of 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 talent. It's amazing they even get a license to box. Right, right, and, I, and honestly, I think because. You know, like Julius Long, ever since 2013, has relocated to Australia, and I really believe that's just because of his career. Like his career was going south then, yeah. right? Like, you know, up until then, up until then, he was kind of like a 50-50 fighter. You know, maybe it maybe like a little bit of a more winning than losing record. But then, uh, you know, he took he took a couple of bad beats there, and then uh, he he started having to search for a place to go and have these fights happen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, 2013, he ends up. Uh, you know, getting on a plane, going to Australia, and just I guess never came back because every fight he's been on since 2013 has been in the UK, or sorry, not in the UK, in uh, in in New Zealand. Yeah, in Australia and New Zealand, so he fights all over there. Yeah, the only fighters I know of in the last 300 years that have been super tall and successful are the Klitschko's and Tyson Fury. I mean, Lennox is five, six five and three quarters, but I mean guys that are close to really close to seven feet, and. Guys like that aren't skilled usually, but the Klitschko's word, Fury's quite skilled. Yeah. You know, I mean, guys like like Carl the Truth Williams, 
you know, six four, six five. He could fight a bit, but never got over the hump. And you no. know, there's a famous story. I end my article. There was going to be a fight between Wilt Chamberlain, who was like seven three, against Muhammad Ali, six three. And this was after Ali had been kicked out of boxing, so he needed the money. It was more money in '68 than he'd ever been offered. And they met in a room, and they were about to sign the contract. And they said to Muhammad, is there anything you say before Will Chamberlain signs the contract? You want to say? And he said, yes. Timber! <laughs> Will Chamberlain turned completely white and walked out. And then Ali looked at the cameraman or the reporter and said, why on earth does a basketball player, even if he's 50 feet tall, think he can beat me, the best fighter on this, on this planet? He's got to be deranged. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Completely. Yeah. Now, Ali said, so, your reach is great till I land my first overhand right, and then you're on. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's, 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 it's skill, man. It's skill. Having the skill and the know-how, how to get, get around that extra long reach. You know, when a guy really knows how to use that reach, like, for instance, last night, um, here, here's a guy that knew how to, how to fight against that. Uh, the guy who fought Brian Norman Jr., Right. Junior Junior's one of these guys who likes to swarm, likes to get in on that inside and then overwhelm you with the volume of punching and the speed and ferociousness. Right. He's one of those exciting fighters. Last night, the guy that he was fighting, he couldn't keep him off. You know, he kept he kept guys who have a long reach can't do anything on the inside because they just don't have that ability because they fight from the outside. So if you if you can capitalize on that, follow that shot in, come in underneath it, and stay on that body on the inside, then you know it's easy to take these big guys. Yeah, out. and all the great old time trainers used to say, you know, height and reach advantages are meaningless unless you know how to use them properly. And, exactly. And exactly. So many of these guys don't. So like you're saying, you know, Paul Williams when he fought Arislandi Lara, and Paul Williams is welterweight. It was six two you know, or something like that. And Lara was five, seven, five, eight, but Lara almost killed him. And of course, Williams got a, a gift decision in that, but it was a joke because Lara just stayed on the inside and Williams couldn't hit him. And he just destroyed Williams. It was never the same after. And, and, right. and after the fight, Lara said, yeah, I won and they robbed me, but physically who's the better man now? Right. And it, it was Lara. You know, there's there's another guy that I, I don't know I don't know what we're gonna see from this kid. Uh, Sebastian Fandora, we all know this yeah. kid, towering. Yeah. You know, you know he's a, he's a super super welter southpaw, six five and a half with an eighty inch reach, but fights on the inside. Yeah. And 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 I never thought that was smart because he's making himself a target. You know, and and in his last fight, he became that target, and Brian Mendoza took him out. That's right, took him out, gave him in the seventh well, round. You know, Mendoza was come. Mendoza came from behind to win that one. You know, he was losing on the cards, and all of a sudden, he just capitalized on the fact that this kid did not use his reach. That's why, you know, I I, I praise his sister more than him. You know, his sister knows how to use that reach to her advantage. Yeah. Uh, she just she just won that IBF title. Um, you know, what was it last month or yeah. the month before? You know, it's 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 funny when you see guys like that that just he could be so much better. You won't. So yeah, his sister was smart because she wore her glasses in the ring too, which because yeah. you can't hit her because of that. But but I also think um, with, with someone like that, I mean, it all comes back to Charlie Goldwyn who trained Marciano and other world champions. So Marciano was only five ten, but but Goldman had worked with terrible Terry McGovern in in the eighteen late eighteen nineties, early nineteen hundreds. And it was Goldman who said, you got to turn your disadvantages into strengths. And what you do is, if you're short, you fight from an exaggerated crouch. You make yourself less of a target. And and if you're tall and on the perimeter, or like you said, you have to fight from the perimeter and use your reach, force the other guy to lean in, and then you catch him and use his momentum against him. Against him. And as Goldman said, this isn't brain surgery, but for some reason, guys just can't grasp this. Right. And so... You know, Fendora could use the jab and walk people into his right hand time and time again, but he wants to get inside and he'll get knocked out again because the guy, when he's that close to you and his legs are that close together, there's no balance. He gets hit on the chin like Mendoza popped him. He's done. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you know, he couldn't get back up after that one. We we all saw that. He's sitting on his ass and he knew he knew he was done. He didn't even attempt it because there's no way he would have been able to stand up that tall lanky guy. <laughs> um, I want to touch on what Carl said here for a sec. You know, just like Anderson uh jumps in with nobody's of note. Yes, it's true. They they're 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 just putting opponents for him to demolish in front of him. But people are keeping out of his way, to be honest. They are because of his ability. You know, he's very fast heavyweight. Uh, he learns on the fly. He's very educated right now. He is going to be a force to be reckoned with in that heavyweight division in the future. Yes, he is not there yet, but he will be there soon. Yes. Right? Put it so, down. Yeah. But he is. That's the exciting part of the sport, Mike, as we all yeah. know. Yeah. To watch him not when he wins the title, but now on the way up when he's developing into which, something. Which, which is what I love. Like, I've watched I've watched this kid ever since he turned pro. I watch his amateurs. I watch his kid turn pro. And 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 now I'm I'm very, very impressed with what I see. Uh, you know, they're, they're teaching him on the fly. They're teaching him how to, you know, not knock everybody out. That's the thing, right? Like, you're not going to knock every opponent out uh, every time, you know? And he's he's learning how to use the other other parts of his game. Everything else that's in his arsenal that he has, which he's learning, which is great. And it's good to see him growing as a fighter. To see what he was once was, which was an explosive, fast, small heavyweight that can just knock people out. To actually watching him get in there and be technical about it, and starting to use the techniques that he's picking up. And as he's growing as a fighter, it's great to watch. And it is great to watch. And Harry, the great Harry Wiley. Too bad Tim wasn't on, so we could argue about this. <laughs> Harry Wiley never fought, but he trained Sugar Ray Leonard. And that's a pretty good guy to say you have trained. And he helped with Ali. And yeah. Harry Wiley used to say, there's a time in a fight where you have to concede the knockout. You hit him with your best shot, he doesn't go anywhere. Concede the knockout. He said, that's when it's important to know how to technically box. Right. You concede, knock, concede it, and you win on points. And he said, so many young kids can't do that. Because you can't knock everybody out. Some guys you can hit with your best shot. They're just not going anywhere. Some guys you can hit with a Ford Fiesta and they're not going to go out. They just did. Right. <laughs> I mean, other than a good shot, a tax bill would be the only thing to get hit with that would keep <laughs> those guys out. But, exactly. Yeah, but we've all seen guys, you know, Matt, the Hilton brothers, and different guys, Arturo Gotti, guys that got hit, Marciano, with great shots, and they just didn't go. So you got to know what you're doing. And, and be able to, you know, put the points on the board. Is the Puerto Rican fighter I'm thinking of, is his name Pacheco or? or Pacheco? Uh, um, he's, he's got the, I think, he's got the Puerto Rican flag or yellow, blue, red or something. And, and uh, he's only 19 or 20, comes into the ring. He starched everyone he's fought. He's incredibly quick. I'll, I'll look. I'll look his name up. Yeah. At WBC, listen, we do interact. Sorry, I got on late. I didn't see any of your comments, but you know we always interact with our people in the comments. So if you're upset, sorry. If you're not and still here, why don't you drop some stuff so that we could talk about it instead of just complaining about it. Come on, you know the way Sugar works. You're on her show every weekend. Every week, actually. Not even weekend, every week. But yes, at WBC, you know what? Yes, we do love the support and the comments that you do break down for us on all our shows across the channel. Much respect. Yeah, all, all these comments are valid. And and these people, by commenting, you're helping the sport survive. The comments are valid, and we need you. We need you to help us to help boxing. The comment, uh, the comment that was made earlier was that Katie Taylor was sparring with Sandy Ryan in preparation for a fight against Chantel Cameron. So... Which, which which comment that I liked that he put was uh, Daniel Dubois will take a knee and propose this time. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I didn't hear that. Daniel Dubois. Yeah. Daniel Dubois will take a knee and propose this time. <laughs> yes. Sorry, WBC. I know you're funny as hell, man. Sorry that we didn't get to you earlier, but we are out of time for the show today, guys. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna cut it because we got boxing to watch. So you guys don't have to. So you can come back here and watch us tell you all about the wonderful boxing that we watched. But yes, to all the talking fight fans around the world, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Friday Night Panel. I am back. Thank you. You will be seeing my show next week. Knuckle Up is coming back. Uh, I'm now well enough to be able to talk without coughing my head off. 
I know you guys didn't want to see that because that just would have been a sh- shit show and a half. But uh, yeah, so thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. We'll see you next week. Same time, same channel, new topics. Yes. Right on. Thanks, you guys. Well, my friend. Yeah. <laughs>